0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Miss Geneva Mosley of Gearing Up Fitness. Geneva, how are you today? What's going on?
2: You're great. we are great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on and having me uh, be a part of this podcast. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited to, to have you here as well. I think Geneva and I got a chance to, to jam a little bit before starting the interview. And, and I think your background is really, really helpful in this sort of a discussion to bring a unique perspective. And so before we dive in on gearing up and, and all that you do today... Take us back a little bit and, and tell us, first and foremost, how it is that we got here. When did the idea spark in your head that you were going to start a business and, and what sort of led you to this path?
2: Well, that's funny. And it's interesting that you asked that question because I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know. Um, um, it was not my desire. It wasn't an intention. Um, I have always been into um trying to work on my fitness, um, being fit, because especially as we age and as I am entering into my um, 60s, um, just wanting to do what I need to do health-wise to prolong my life, um, do what I need to do to stay fit and healthy. Um, I attended a, a luncheon. A couple of weeks ago by the american heart association uh, learning that the number one cause of death amongst women and men is heart disease so it was just really you know um informative because i did not as i was saying this is what was not my intention uh, as i shared with you before we started the podcast working for corporate america for 22 years uh, but just also um getting into my fitness and the benefits of it I um, moved from Tennessee to Mississippi. I grew up in Mississippi. But um, after high school, college marriage life took me away. Um, My mom became sick in 2019. um, And I am a very spiritual person. So one of the things that was being laid on my heart and spirit was coming back home to Mississippi. So Um, being prayerful, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if, if I go back home, I need something to do. And um, this is what burst out of that. Uh, when I was home in 2019, I was just uh, looking as I took my mom around to different areas um, in Mississippi, I was like, oh, this would be a nice area if, if, I wasn't sure even at that time, if this is something that I'm gonna do, this would be yeah. a nice area. Um, once again, just because of the benefits I am reaping from being a fitness instructor and not just a fitness instructor. I am a spin instructor, Mad Dog certified. Um, but what even got me into spin, as I share with my clients, I was into Zumba. And Zumba was my heart. I would tell people, you know, when people would ask uh, if I do anything else, I was like, no, I Zumba. Yeah. But I wasn't getting the results. I love Zumba, it's my first love, but I wasn't getting results. I mentioned to you how I moved from Tennessee um, back home to Mississippi. So um, in Tennessee, I was, um, my first husband, he was a, a military, he was Army, retired. So that's where we were in the Clarksville, Tennessee, Fort Campbell area. I was a SPIN instructor there, but I also worked out there before I became a SPIN instructor this command sergeant major came in um, and he was a spin instructor I peeked in the spin room and I was like are you going to teach during the week? He was like if you request me. I requested him um, to teach um, classes during the week and he uh, that was honored and so from there I fell in love with spin. Um, I had taken and I, I share with people there's a difference when it comes to certifications so I am kind of kind of brag on mad dog certification. Yeah. Um, yeah. because when I took indoor cycling before there were, it did not, the classes did not make sense. The rides did not make sense, but this command sergeant major came in, he had endurance rides, he had strength rides, he had, um, um, uh, uh, interval rides. And so the rides made sense. Endurance rides, staying on that flat road, building endurance, strength rides, being on the heel the whole hours, building building up strength, and the uh, interval rides, a combination of the flat road and the heels, so I just fell in love with it, received the best results, the results that I had been looking for, just doing spin and working on muscle toning and strength building with TRX. Um, I share with people it doesn't take a whole lot of weight to be toned and fit. And that's what I learned taking TRX classes as well. Just doing spin three days a week and TRX twice a week. I received the best results ever in six months. Yeah. So when my instructor had the PCS, I was asked to become an instructor and I was hesitant. Wasn't really sure I wanted to do that, but everything fell in place and I am in love with it. Um, spin is an intense workout, but I have always been one that wanted to chase my workout. Always wanted to be challenged. And um, when people see me, first of all, they can't believe that I am 58 going on 59. They can't believe that I have three adult children with four grands. Well, that's one of the benefits of SPIN. It gives you that youthful look. Um, There are just so many benefits to SPIN. As I mentioned earlier, just even attending uh, Go Red uh, for Women luncheon uh, a couple of weeks ago and learning uh, that the number one Cause of death amongst women, even men, is heart disease. Right. Spin is one of the best workouts for, um, for a healthy heart. Very good for the cardiovascular.
0: Sure.
2: So sure. I'm just an, a, an advocate for health and wellness. Yeah. And, and so
1: it wasn't quite in the plans for you to, to be yeah. the business owner. This somewhat happened in, a, in some logical stages, or maybe not logical, maybe emotional along the way that led us to here, when did you officially open the doors of Gearing Up?
2: Officially opened the door September 14th of last year. Um, when I moved back home to Mississippi in 2020, I uh, started getting the groundwork going as far as getting the business plan and putting everything in place um, to, uh, to open up the business and, and register the business and get the footwork st- started.
1: Yep and so as things stand now you've even expanded to to host a number of different modalities i mean within the realm of gearing up we still have spin of course focus is spin we have bar we have yoga we have a number of different things to get people in and sort of the what i assume correct me if i'm wrong is to somewhat recreate the results that you had when you were more on the client side of things is that correct
2: that's correct, and just wanting to offer clients a well-balanced um, experience and workout, so that's why you know offering the different um, types of classes um, that I offer here at Garnet Fitness: the Pilates, yoga, and bar. I'm also bar certified. Bar is a combination of ballet, yoga, and Pilates, and it's a great it is great uh, total body workout that will help tone. Um, define and strengthen the muscles. So as I said to our also earlier in the conversation, how you don't need a lot of weight or heavy weights to be toned. Uh, and that's what you know a lot of people uh, misunderstand. So just like um, even um, when I was at Fort Campbell and would um, encounter some of the soldiers that worked out at the fitness centers there and some of them, you know, being afraid to try spin. My question would be, you know, you're, you're working out and you're building up the muscles, but what about your heart? What are you doing for your cardiovascular health? And um, I believe a lot of people miss that. Um, They're, they're focused on building muscle, but not concerned about the heart health
1: Yeah, yeah, and the heart aspect of it. And so we wanted this to be, well-rounded we wanted people to emulate the results that you had i want to i want to pick your brain because this is so new and and getting a business off the ground can be one of the most challenging things it's a lot easier to keep a successful business going than it is to start a new business and so what has gone into marketing for you or, or more better worded how have you been able to generate interest in having people come and join as members
3: As we know, Joe, the best um, form of marketing is word of mouth. So, you know, although
2: I am uh, on social media uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, marketing through those social media platforms, I'm also marketing through two local um, uh, magazines. and um that's that's it those are my um forms of marketing right now are using social media and advertising in the local magazines to get out to the communities and and keep the uh, studio before them um so those are the platforms that are being used for advertisement
1: i think social media is is sort of a, a given at this point if you're in fitness and you're not on social media You're crazy. And so that's become a big driving force behind what you do. You mentioned advertising in a local magazine. Do you think at any point as the business evolves, you'll take that advertising idea and use it on the social media side of things as well? Oh, yes, most definitely.
2: So, I mean, I do with... That's the the beauty of the company that I am using for the marketing with the local magazines. They also do ads for me on the social media platform. So not only am I advertising on Facebook and Instagram, but they are also advertising on those social media platforms as part of the package.
1: Okay. And so this is somewhat of a present thing for you now. How successful has that been because Advertising in fitness at all, what, whatever platform we choose, is is somewhat of a hotly debated topic. How successful has it been for you?
2: I'm not seeing the numbers come in, but I know that you know what I have learned, and this is my joke: is that uh, when it comes to fitness, um, you the interest, you know, it's hard to find people who are really interested in um, taking care of themselves um when it comes to because my oldest daughter and i we talked about this when you see advertisements about food or or the food industry or restaurant people go there in a heartbeat but when it comes to fitness it's been a bit of pause hold up wait a minute yeah, it's
3: hard. um
2: so it is it is yeah. um but you know as You know, I mentioned before, the best form of marketing is word of mouth. So even having the clientele that I have, and as they go and share the word, I know that it will continue to grow. Um, uh, Having great instructors who are also marketing on behalf Mm -hmm. of the studio. Is a a great plus. So, just like um, one of my yoga instructors uh, have put together an international yoga day that will be taking place this Saturday, free. So, um, a form, once again, another form of marketing, getting fits through the door, getting feet through the door. Everything, um, right?
1: Everything, everything falls into the category of marketing it's sort of done by committee from what it sounds like at least now take us to the next step in the Mm -hmm. process geneva because obviously marketing is wonderful leads everybody that i talk to in the fitness industry wants more leads but at a certain point those leads have to translate into paying customers of some sort when someone reaches out to you with interest in the business Walk us through sort of what that sales process looks like for them to to then join the business in some capacity.
2: So when someone uh, inquires about the studio and what we offer, uh, I give them a tour, um, let them see the studio. because what um, what I love about my space uh, is that um, in my niche, my selling niche, is that, um, We offer everything that you love in group fitness, under one roof, without the gym atmosphere. So uh, when you, uh, in the gyms, um, when you have the group fitness classes, they're in a separate room. They're not out on the floor with all the heavy machines. So in my studio, um, there's over, a little over 4,000 square feet. Um, We have a separate room for spin and the spin bikes. Then we have another room for the yoga bar and Pilates. So having those separate rooms, um, showing them and and letting them know what we have and and letting them see that, Um, letting them know that we offer um, class packs Um, so they can start out. They also have a daily if they just want to pay daily, um, if they're not ready to commit to a class pack i'm not um i haven't you know some have asked me if i do like an annual contract i said no and and the reason is because i have um, received negative feedback from others before i became a business owner um, from people who had joined other places, and they're stuck in these annual contracts. Locked in, I see. I see. The end. Sort of like a like being locked in with Verizon, AT Yeah, or, yeah.
3: <laughs> a, a lot of have, <laughs> um,
2: internet, Xfinity. A lot of businesses have gone away from that. Yeah. They're trying to get away from those annual contracts because they have found out that a lot of clients don't care for them um so i don't want to offer that i don't want to lock in anyone um they do have the option to buy a five pack um class pack for 35 dollars or and that can last for a month or if they use that up buy another 35 five dollar class pack but just not locking them into something where oh my gosh i'm stuck in this and i can't get out i don't want um anyone to feel that way
1: yeah. And so previous experience kind of driving how you run your business now, it makes sense. And so the sales process reflects that, right? Fairly in the realm of what you would want it to look like, provided you were on the client side of things. It's tough to to measure with a pay per class sort of structure like this, retention or or how long we keep people. Um, And even even more so when we only have nine months of data, right? There's not a ton of longevity here as of yet. But as you look forward, what's sort of the big picture here with you? What's your goal that that you want to accomplish eventually?
2: My goal is to... um, I started out as just wanting to... Um, have this small business, but, you know, even in talking to people and, you know, and that's the beauty with communication and talking to others, um, people give you the concept well, what if this, um, expands, you know, um, I never thought about that. Um, I'm always in the moment. <laughs> I'm in, I'm always in the moment. Um, but I have started thinking about what if this expands? Hmm. What i franchise. Hmm. Plenty, what plenty is grown-up fitness go. could be? Plenty of routes to go, uh, because with with COVID, one of the things that hurt the fitness industry was that they were not virtual. So that's one of the things that I am ready for. Um, I do, I am able to offer virtual classes for spin um, and uh, for yoga or Pilates. Um, I'm not for bar yet because bar. You need a bar, that's why it's called bar. But um, there are just um, some things that you know I wouldn't do virtually, and that's one of them. And one of my prenatal yoga instructors, she doesn't feel comfortable doing a virtual class either because of the techniques used and uh, it's, it's more of a sensitive type class structure. But um, for I am ready. I'm ready to do virtual. Um, so looking at the bigger picture, and so I'm always ready to, to grow.
1: Yeah, I think that's, it's always a, a fun conversation to have because like we said already, like there are so many different ways that you can go with this. Sometimes it, it's, it's so many things to think about, we need to sort of rein in our decision-making, but for you, that path to success looks like the virtual route, right? That's sort of the next item on the hit list.
2: Just like because um, it's already there. So I've already sort of like let people know, hey, we can offer virtual classes. So that's already there. Um so as that even starts to pick up, if that's you know, if um I don't know, as people as I become more known and people um want to take spin or um and want to do a virtual or and um have that availability. Yeah. Um because it's sort of just like when you think about it. And you think about money and you think about um, the types of tender accepted, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and say, you know, well, I don't accept this or I don't accept that. Or, you know, you want to make yourself available. So I want to be available for, you know, if someone wants to do or join in virtually, I want to be able um, to offer that. So once again, just being, wanting to grow and and being open-minded. for that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's a fun conversation to have Geneva, because like we said, this is so new. But that just means that there's so much untapped potential for you. And that there are plenty of things that you can still accomplish. I think that's a really, really good place for us to start to wrap this whole thing up. But before we sign out of here, I want to give you the ability to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about your business. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can we send people?
2: Yes, oh, yes. there is a website. The website is gearingupfitness.com. That's G-E-A-R-I-N-U-P fitness.com. And um, on f- uh, Facebook, as well as Instagram, uh, at Gearing Up Fitness. And the Instagram is gearing up Fitness 2020 because that's when I registered the business in the year 2020. Simple and
1: straightforward, Geneva. This has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate your input in this conversation. I think any any business owner that's willing to give a little bit of an insight into what it is that they do, but at the same time, be humble and and willing to admit where we still have things that we want to work on. It's it's a tremendously valuable conversation. I can't thank you enough for, for your time. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and, and we'll certainly be cheering for you. So I wish you nothing but the best. And again, thank you. Thank you, Joe. And thank you so
2: much for the support. And I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner, that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money. what is going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym Lords podcast i will be your
4: host today my name is jj hernandez and joining us on the show today is a very special guest it is the one and only peter cook with rise up fitness in albany oregon peter what is going on today happy wednesday how you feeling how you doing you ready to rock today or what
3: yeah this is gonna be awesome uh this is this is my first podcast so i'm excited to uh to kind of explore how this works and not mess with my computer because it fuzzes the screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.
4: That's it. excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on with Rise Up Fitness, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place?
3: Yeah, so um, I describe the studio as, Kind of a um kind of a jack of all trades uh fitness studio and um sort of the subtext of that is like if we were a garage band um we, that would kind of be us so um we're like super low cost um we're very playful we're not super high on professionalism um <laughs> so uh you know like so, so you walk in and we have kind of like mismatched equipment and um, and a lot of it we've we've built ourselves, um, and uh, and we have a little tiny space. It's only about like 900 square feet. Um, so I, I think I'm a little bit of an outlier, maybe for your your usual audience, which is kind of awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that that's kind of the space, and and so we do, uh, you know, we we we're mostly oriented toward towards classes um you know like we we have a judo class and a karate class and we do acrobatics and yoga and um before covid was a thing we did a lot of uh dance classes like zumba and um and we do like private uh private lessons um with like the a lira is like a it's like a circus thing that hangs from the ceiling it's a steel ring kind of like a trapeze um so we do like lira lessons and we do personal training and um, and, uh, and we started, uh, the studio, uh, about 10 years ago, um, with the idea that, um, there's like, there's sort of like this recurring, like issue with people having kind of a disconnect to their physical selves, right? Like the attitude is, um, often that they have, you know, we, we, we have these bodies that are like doomed to fail and break down and. Oh my god my back hurts all the time and that's kind of all people uh all people think about their bodies and we wanted to kind of fix that um and uh and so I I opened there were there uh, I opened the studio there were some uh serendipitous events that kind of coincided that made me think it was the right time and uh we've been open for about 10 years and um we we kind of playfully say that we turn adults back into kids. Um, we're you know we're we're super playful with everything that we do. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of kind of uh, kind of how the studio works.
4: I love it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate the explanation. That was a thorough explanation and a lot more thorough than we usually get. But I think it's necessary for how unique you are. So I'm glad you did give us that the explanation. So now let's dive a little bit into the business here, too, uh, Peter, if it's okay. So we'll dive straight into it. Start with the bare bones basics here. Um, how many members are you guys at currently, or, or do you regard them as clients?
3: Uh, we we uh, we sort of uh, regard them more as clients. Um, okay. So I would. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to sit down for this. Oh, you're already seated. Seated. Um, so I'd, I'd say we have about 25. Um, we're, we're really small. Um, I, I should, I should mention kind of at the get go, like the, the goal was never for the studio to make like a lot of money. Um, you know, like I, uh, the thing that I I really enjoy is, is having like, um, teachers that, that want to teach whatever it is that they do and need a venue to do that. Um, I I I really enjoy that sort of thing. And a lot of times those classes are not super popular, right? Like it's, um, it's hard to find people in, in a, Albany is kind of a smaller, smaller place, right? Um, and it's hard to find people in Albany that want to take like a burlesque class or that want to learn how to like hang from the ceiling on a trapeze, right? So, um, so it, with that as kind of our, our business plan, you know, we're never gonna like, you know we're, we're never going to have like thousands of, of people walking through our door and and uh but that was never never the goal you know i i want to find um you know i want to i want to find a teacher that's like super excited about what they teach and and bring that uh bring that to whoever wants to take that class um and then the flip side for for our clients um you know like maybe, you know, maybe you were, like, that person, like, all through school that didn't, you didn't do sports, you kind of rebelled against that whole physical culture, but, oh, my God, this, like, acrobatic yoga thing, that's really cool, right, Um, or, you know, maybe, maybe you did want to be, maybe you wanted to be the jock, but you, for whatever reason, you couldn't, and so, like, this is, like, you know, so I joined, like, a, you know, uh, rugby league, uh, but I'm I'm out of shape, right? So we have we have a bunch of like clients that train up for that sort of thing, um, so uh, so the the business model is is kind of flawed a, as a business, um, right? Like, but it's I, I think um, I, I think the model is pretty good as as people go. Yeah, if yeah, like, I mean, and so. So, And I know you say you service,
4: um, you know, some PT clients as well as the acrobatic and and, and more unique avenues of fitness here too. So um, have you considered pushing more of the personal training and and, and classes as opposed to doing the acrobatics of just to get more people through the door and then transition? Has that ever been a thought?
3: Oh yeah, totally. Um, so actually, when when the pandemic hit, um, so I, I don't know if it was like this across the U.S. or just in Oregon. Uh, so so we were disallowed to hold group classes, right? So that that took that killed our Zumba class, uh, killed a couple of other classes, um, and uh, and so um, a couple months into the pandemic, we had to switch, kind of the way we did it from like those. Those big, bigger size classes to just individuals, um, and often like they were uh, like we would have to train people in the same family group so that we didn't violate exposure regulations, um, and and so when we did that, we went uh, we we went to doing more one on ones, um, and uh, you know that's um, that's a little that's a little more intense for the instructors, so. Um, so we, we, you know, we, had to, we had to raise our costs a little bit to do that. Um, and that made from the, the business point of view that was a little more lucrative. Uh, so like the personal training and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, again, part of the flawed business design is we, we wanna make it really approachable um, and, and accessible. So we keep, we keep costs really low. Like yeah. I would I would say we probably offer the cheapest personal training sessions in the state. Um yeah,
4: yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah and and, and and so is 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 the pricing structure based off of your competition or have you just created that based off of your personal opinion? Like how, how do you go about, cause I'm always curious about how people create their own prices. So, I mean, sometimes it's just subjective. It's like, hey, like, I think this is what, what, what I should be at. So um, how did you come up with the price with and, and how much do you guys charge?
3: Yeah, uh, so um, so our, our basic rate for a personal training session is $25 for about an hour, um, which, is, which is pretty low. Um, <laughs> y- yeah. Uh, and you can get like a package of five for a hundred bucks. So that's even, even cheaper. Um, and I, and I came up with that rate um, mostly because I, I think that that's, that's doable by pretty much everybody. Right. And we can even negotiate a little bit. Like I'm, I'm willing to cut people deals and stuff. Um, but, you know, if, if people really want to do that, I want to, I want to I wanna let them find a way to be able to do it. Uh, At the same time, though, like, you know, I've I've got like a four year old and and I'm married and I've got other other stuff. So I don't want to hang out at the studio all the time. Um, So uh, so I I figured like twenty five dollars for something that I actually really enjoy doing is a pretty fair rate. Um, And, uh, you know, this is not this is not like my main my main job. I've got another job on the side um so I, I don't really require this as, as a means of income um you know so so again as a business model it's it's kind of kind of weird and um so uh so uh, other
5: other
3: i've also done other kinds of private uh training things that i charge more money for because i, do, I don't like them like um <laughs> you know like i uh little kids drive me crazy so on on a few occasions we've offered like a little kids class and i kind of raise the price just because it's uh it's not something i enjoy doing um but i uh you know I, i um if i'm honest you know uh i come from the yoga the yoga world and yoga teachers get paid too much for what they what they do i i feel it's not honest you know, um, like you know, there there are studios in the Willamette Valley here where you have to pay like twenty dollars a class, um, and I, I think that that's that's outrageous, you know, for for an art that came, you know, from a from a guy that was sitting, you know, in in a bunch of dust, like in India, right? It's it's ridiculous, um, so you know. Part of, part of keeping costs low is to, to show people like it doesn't, you know, fitness doesn't have to be pretentious. Um, you know, I think um, I think if you really want to learn like like to, to me what, what the heart of the, the fitness world ought to be, like go watch some four year olds, sure. right? Like they're ridiculous. They can't do half the stuff they're trying to do um but they but they try it and they learn and they and they get skin knees and they're smiling and um you know they often don't keep score in their games they couldn't tell you who's winning right um and and uh i I think i think that's really awesome and and that's that's kind of the vibe i always wanted to have for the studio um you know so um so, so when people, because we don't we don't charge a lot of money, um, and as a result, we're not we're not super glitzy, you know. Like all almost all of the equipment in the studio is used. We uh, we find it on Craigslist and Marketplace, and <laughs> right. Um, so uh, you know, um, I think uh, I I I want to think that we inspire people to start where they are. Um, so when people ask me questions about about competitors um right like we can't we can't compete with that like giant warehouse gym um and and we don't want to like they they're doing the kind of their thing and and um and we kind of do a different a different kind of thing you know completely And and i i agree completely i think um
4: you know, you're, you're not here to, to compete with you know, a corporate gym or a big box gym or a traditional gym because you guys are not. And it's a total different appeal, total different demographic um, and total different approach for, from everything. So, um, you know, and I, I think another thing to piggyback on here, which I'm kind of curious, CEO, um, for, for what you do and what you've noticed, Peter, for, for especially your demographic, what's been your best method of finding new clients?
3: Yeah, um, so when we first started, um, when, when we first started uh, offering stuff to the public, we did a lot of demos, like we would go to like schools and we would do like acro yoga uh, classes, we'll, we um, we'll always participate in local parades. Right. Like we'll we'll uh, we'll walk on, along the parade routes and we'll do all of the stuff we do. It's so like the judo guys will do judo and we'll have like karate guys doing karate and um, and we will totally like, like pull members of the audience out and do acrobatics with them, like in those little pauses that parades have, you know, um, so so we do a lot of advertising that way um we uh <laughs> we got in trouble because we made little like mini flyers we would sneak around and put them under people's windshield wipers i don't know if that's a thing in new york that people do okay yeah. so, so we did that apparently you get in trouble for doing that so um so we do that and uh you know we do a lot of word of mouth um you know um most of the most of our clients that uh, come and stay at the studio are pretty excited about what we do um, and and they will often like try to bring other like their family or their friends because they they want to share this really cool thing um, I, uh, I I think that we have I hope that we have maybe a, a disproportionate number of like wow moments you know where', where Personal kind of like breakthrough into a new world. I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, that's uh, that's actually why I started teaching the acro yoga thing. Um, uh, it's a I can tell you that story some other time. But um, we uh, we kind of revolutionized uh, this like autistic kids world um, with with acro yoga, and uh, so I, I wanted to to find a better better wider way to do that. Um, other than that, you know, we, we do, we do Facebook uh, advertising, um, you know, it's, it, Albany is a pretty small place, so um, really it becomes a matter of advertising to the few people that move in or out, because um, most, most everyone knows, knows about us and knows kind of what we do. Um, you know, uh, we have to, we have we have a website uh the riseupfitnessllc.com there's a plug ha <laughs> ha success um yeah and uh <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to do that or not um oh, yeah definitely yeah so so that, yeah we okay cool and you know every we we made t-shirts and we uh we advertised on the t-shirts and yeah 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 um,
4: hundred yeah, and now, with what you do for marketing here, Peter, you could give a guesstimate. Of, of course, do you know how many clients are probably averaging coming in? Not not including churn rate or anything, but the the average amount of clients you see coming in and potentially joining or joining on a monthly basis.
3: Oh, on a monthly basis, um, I I would say we probably get. Um, you're gonna to want to sit down for this again because it's shocking. You probably get two or three in a month, uh, but they stay with us for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're 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 really a pretty small a small fish in kind of a medium pond, you know. So. Um, Which is totally okay,
4: and it's totally okay, and I think. um And as you said prior, I mean, you're you're not here to compete with the other bigger gyms, right? You know, and I think that's. That's the eye opener. Um, and, and, and usually again, smaller is not always, but we'll see small and think that it's a negative thing, but it's quality over quantity, you know. And so, but now let's say this to you though, Peter. If traffic and leads and clients were unlimited here and you can have endless amounts, how much could you realistically handle?
3: Oh, um, how many could we handle? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um I mean, we could, uh, I, it would depend what it is. I, I mean, um, a lot of our classes are fairly space intensive. You know, like you wouldn't want to cram the studio like totally full of, of people doing judo because then they wouldn't have enough room. Um, but I, I guess we could stagger the classes or whatever. But um, so I, I would say maybe uh, maybe like 20 or so new, new folks a month would be yeah. Ish, yeah. Yeah.
4: That's awesome. And what would that max capacity look like for you guys?
3: Oh, so like how, how many people the building can handle?
4: Or well the total amount of clients like say you got to like 150 clients. Could you oh
3: could you I gotcha? One? Yeah, we, I mean we um we could probably we could probably do a hundred. Um I I kind of worry that the quality would go down. You know what I mean? Like we uh um one one of the things that I'm most proud of about all of the teachers at the studio and and, and including myself, um is that we like we like legit care about the experience that the people have. And um, you know, like I I go to another gym, like when I'm working out because there's always stuff happening at the studio, so I can't always work out there. And uh, you know, and I I people watch, and I kind of watch those other trainers sometimes, and and you can tell like like sometimes it's just a job, right? And they and they don't really care whether or not the person like enjoys what they're doing or gets has a rewarding experience. Um, so I I always kind of feel like. Um, You you know, like, like when we when we push to add more more clients or or more students to our classes. I always, I always worry about that balance. You know, I want to make sure that if if people come in, they leave better on some level um, and not not having just like um, You know, uh, Not not engaged in an activity just for that activity's sake. You know what I mean, and I, I kind of feel like um, a lot of times people go to a gym and um, and they work out for like an hour and they leave and they're not really in a better space at, at the end. Um, and I think that that's I think that that's really important, and and uh, we we do a pretty good job of that right now. Um, and I uh, you know I, I'm not saying we we wouldn't like to have you know more people exposed to what we do but i i am kind of concerned that uh they wouldn't it would lose some of that magic you know gotcha
4: yeah which is not what you want to do right you don't want to jeopardize the experience just for financial gratification i think that's as a big part because at the end of the day, ltv the retention would probably drop regardless right so definitely a, a big component there to focus on and so you know here's going to be a, a little bit of a longer-winded question but a good question in itself and a good way to kind of self-reflect here peter so you know, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym and give yourself, or not even that, you know what, I'll, I'll take a step back here. Even then, from what we've been discussing prior, right, I'll, I'll save that question for the end, the one that I was going to ask. But
3: okay.
4: what we've been discussing here, you know, we've been talking a lot uh, in regards to the pillars of business, right? Okay. And in the fitness and gym industry has brought three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them more from you in that process. So of those three, Peter, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
3: Um, so as stated, I think the um, the thing that we could improve on the most is getting new clients. Um I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're not, um, we're not super pushy that way. You know, we don't, we don't do memberships. Um, so there's, you know, um, yeah, we, we could, we could change the way we do things to like kind of draw, draw more people in um, for sure. Uh, I, I think we do a pretty good job of, of retaining um, and, uh um and and the third thing what was it the advertising part with the elite yeah uh yeah i I think we do a pretty good job with those um we admittedly don't we don't do a good job of draw drawing new people into the studio
4: yeah yeah And, and i appreciate the honesty and transparency there peter i think um that's something that the viewers and i appreciate genuinely when you can still you know, regardless of, of what you've done, and regardless of your success, you can still always see room for improvement. So I appreciate that, and you just appreciate that. And and so, last two questions from here, Peter. Um, you know, what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you trying to accomplish long term?
3: Yeah. So, um, so the um, so it's changed a little bit over the the course of of time. Um, So, uh, my, my current thing that I want is I want to, um, you know, I, I mentioned I have a four-year-old, right? So, and this is going to sound like super cheesy and we just came off of Father's Day. So who knows? Um, but, uh, but this is like really where my heart is, uh, today at least, um, you know, I want my four-year-old to live with people that, um, are are able to laugh and able to play and able to find joy and just moving with or without other people. And um, you know I, I want him to know and be surrounded by people that are are strong in their hearts and in their heads. And and we um you know we can do that a little bit uh by, by fostering that environment at the studio. Um, and uh, I'd like to think that other people feel that same way for like their four-year-olds, or maybe for their sixty-year-olds, right? Um, and and uh, so so that's that's what I want to do. I, I want to make the world an awesome place for my four-year-old and for other people's sixty-year-olds. Um, where you know, um, when let me ask you. When was the last time you felt like totally at ease doing something completely ridiculous? Mm. Right? Good question. Yeah. So, so my son, like just, uh, he just went through his preschool promotion ceremony. Right. And, and just broke down into a like spontaneous dance routine. And it was, it was the most ridiculous and awesome thing I've ever seen, and he just rocked that. Like he did, he didn't care that he didn't really know what he was doing, um, and uh, and the impact that 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 impromptu dance routine had, like everyone loved it. Everyone was smiling. Everyone forgot the news and gas prices and COVID. Um, and how cool would it be if? everyone had that kind of experience right so when when people ask me what's what's the end goal of the studio that is the end goal i want i want people to discover that inner four-year-old and rage through the universe making people laugh and smile
4: i love that i love that i wish that was the last question because that would have been a mic drop of an answer I <laughs> okay. all right Look, and this one's my favorite one, Peter. And if, if you can go back in time to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the information you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear. What would that advice be for you?
3: Oh, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I think um, if I could go back now, I, I think that... Um, I would be, I I would, I would like myself to be more willing to tell people I don't think we can help you. Like, I I think what we have, isn't what, what you need or what you want. Um, the first, you know, and it's probably true of any, any new business, right. But like the first year we were open, we, we kind of flailed around, kind of trying to figure out, um, what our niche was and to catch our stride. And, um, and I, I think that we we were kind of out to to please to please people because that's that's what businesses ought to do. Um, but I think in, in doing that, I think we agreed to do a lot of things that uh, weren't um, maybe so so wise in the end. Um, you know, like we uh, I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, so we offered it. We offered a qigong class, which is I don't know if you know about like Chinese martial arts, but um, there's uh, there's like this this idea that you have like this internal energy system, and and so qigong is a practice that uh, claims to um, raise that energy and allow you to do like you know like martial art things with your energy, um, and that's not something that I actually ever really thought. Was real, um, but we offered that class because because like the instructor wanted it and a couple of a couple of people wanted it, um, and I thought yeah that sounds that sounds awesome, um, but that always kind of felt sort of fake to me, and so if I could go back I would fix those sorts of things where like it was clearly not part of who I was and not really part of what the studio was but we did it. Um, to, to, just to kind of make people happy i would i would read you the, that sort of thing
4: i love it i love that that was the mic drop of an answer anyway
3: <laughs> all right
4: cool love it, Peter. i love it man look it's a good place thing, uh, to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out i know you did some already but please shout out your instagram your facebook your website anything you may have where can go find out more about you and the gym
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. This is actually kind of funny. Um, so our website is www.riseupfitnessllc.com. Um, we have a Facebook page that I think you can link off of that website. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I think that we have a Twitter and Instagram account that uh, some other t- teachers at the studio started. Um, and I think that you can also link to those off of the website, but I don't know how to find them other than that uh because <laughs> yeah the business plan is, is failed so um yeah but uh yeah check out the website it gives you a pretty good idea of what we do and um yeah yeah yeah
4: that's it look we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast peter and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road and to everyone who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button and if you want to come in join us and talk about your fitness business click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you very very soon and as always till next time gym lords out
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
5: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Heidi Courier, <clears throat> Excuse me, owner of Live Well United in Presque Isle, Maine. Heidi, how are you doing today?
5: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks.
6: All right. Thank you for being on with us. And let's just jump into it. Tell us what Live Well United is all about. I love the name first and foremost, but give us give us the the scoop on what you're doing over there in Maine.
5: Okay, so uh, Live Well United is primarily a female type gym. We do have you know, shout out to the few guys that do have come in. Um, But we're primarily a group fitness um, class studio. So big open room, um, teach a lot of different fitness classes. Uh, There's three other people that work with me. Um, Yeah, I guess that's.
6: That's, that's the kind of the high level and we'll dig into some of the other things and and kind of uniques about your location in the business. But before we get there, we need a little bit of a backstory because this is something where you were part of the community and then got to be, you know, the steward of it, take over, become the owner. So give us some of that backstory.
5: Okay. So, uh, there was a good friend of mine and she was teaching Zumba classes and traveling around at the different local places that she could go would rent her an hour or two, um, two or three days a week. And, uh, it just was growing and she decided to find a place to rent. And um, she actually got into the support of the local hospital who came on board with her and actually paid the rent of the place that we rented in the very beginning. Um, they no longer do that. I wish they still did, but they don't. <laughs> um, and uh, we started, uh, she was the owner and then there was two or three others of us that went in and taught classes. And then after a few years, uh, she decided to go back to school and I decided to take over.
6: All right, so that opportunity, you know, came to be, so you saw this thing from its start, you saw the growth, you, you got to be part of it. Um, when, when that opportunity came, were you in, you know, any like a fitness related career? Like, or was this a complete shift for you? Like, what, what was going on that you were like, you know what? I love this thing. I do want to take it over and, and make it work. What was that situation?
5: Okay. So, um, fitness was always a big thing for me. I, I, you know, right from sports in high school to sports in college. And then, um, I actually went to college to be an educator. I was an elementary school teacher and, Um, As my kids grew, they started to have after-school activities, and it was quite a long hike to pick them up, and so that after-school hours was when I was teaching classes at the facility um, to kill that dead time waiting for the kids, and um, it actually just kind of uh, a love of it continued to grow, and and so I ended up eventually getting done teaching and went to work full-time I say full-time. She was still the owner and I was teaching probably three to four classes a day for her.
6: Got it. Got it. Okay. So when you're looking at, all right, I can take this over, I can run this, this is, you know, this is a a business that I want to, I want to invest in. Um, Were there any thoughts initially of like, Hey, if I take this over, I need to make any significant changes or did it, just feel like something where things were mostly working the way you wanted them to, and you were just going to come over getting grained on that side, and then you know see what happened as time went by.
5: Uh, we actually ended up moving location. Uh- it was just before I took over, we ended up moving from one spot to the other. I had told you that the hospital kind of had kicked in and was partnering with us. Um, and when they backed out, the rent became such that it just wasn't feasible. So we did change locations. Um, so that was a change. There wasn't a whole lot other than moving locations, I think, um, that we really, we really shifted that much focus on, other than it was a shift of, people that were working there with us also.
6: Yeah, that's, I mean, moving a, moving a facility can be pretty significant and I think to give our audience a frame of reference, you're in Presque Isle, Maine. And and that may not mean anything unless you're a geography nerd like me, but we're a, you know, you're a small town, nine, 10,000 people, very seasonal far North, almost basically almost in Canada. Um, That's correct. so there's probably not tons of commercial real estate available. It's, it's probably not the easiest thing to move. And it's, you know, when you're in a small town, people get used to something being in a certain place. They, you know, things, you know, any kind of change can be tougher than in a city because you've got such a limited demographic. So was it, was it a far move? Was there a big impact from that or were you able to minimize that with, you know, the change of facilities?
5: Uh, we did lose people, honestly. Um, the facility that we were in before was, uh, a big open space. It was, uh, not far off of main street in the, in our town, Presque Isle and the parking was great. And there was other businesses butting right up against us. And then when we moved, it was, uh, more on the outskirts of town, like on the way to a smaller town. Um, and you know I, we've discovered people don't like change so much and I swear there are still people to this day and we've moved what 5 years ago that will come up to us and say, "Oh, I didn't know you'd moved. Aren't you still on North Street?" You know, I mean, and it's it's been a long time.
6: Yeah, it's it's wild how that can be and you know those those conversations or or people that, you know, I'm sure you hear this sometimes too and it's in a small town you wonder how it happens. someone's like i've lived here my whole life i didn't know you were there
5: exactly (laughs) you know like
6: unless you get the wacky inflatable you know arm waving tube man and even then so it it can be it can be a a challenge for sure and when you're in a small town there's only so many people so like one percent of people in boston who know where you are is very different than one percent of people in prescott
5: that's correct for sure for sure so yep
6: In in the small town, like, uh, you know, you take over, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to need people coming in the gym because there's always going to be people that leave for any, any various reasons. So usually in the small town, we hear a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals, um, very organic with the growth. Um, Has that been the primary way that you've gotten new clients in the door? Um, And if not, what else have you done?
5: Uh, yeah, so I think um, our small area, uh, I think word of mouth has been huge. It's um, when you when you think of Live Well United, think kind of like a boutique and, you know, people come in and they're almost like, um, it's the relationships that are formed. Um, and people who want to do group fitness classes, they're there because They don't want to exercise alone. So I'm going to come to this class and but I'm going to ask my friend first to come with me, because that's not as scary as walking into a gym by yourself. So a lot of it is um, word of mouth. And um, I think we do fairly decent advertising through uh, Facebook, also our website. a lot of hits through there. Um, new people that come in like traveling nurses or whatever. Um, and, you know, we do still use that old paper trail too, of, you know, going into the hospitals and, you know, using their pin board to say, Hey, come try out a free class here or this week all 5 AMs are going to be free. Come, come give us a try. So I think that's going to help too.
6: You're doing, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of the ground and pound, the hand-to-hand uh, marketing, all that. A couple of things that I, I want to touch on there is um seasonality do you do you get a you know a a summer swell or anything where people want to drop in vacationers does that at different points of the year account for um you know for much of an influx for you
5: oh absolutely uh we have long hard winters here And, uh, January, most people like rave about after new year's Eve, they're going to get this big rush of the, we do not have that here. Um, January for us is cold and windy and below zero. And, um, our numbers are terrible. Now get us into March. We see numbers start to pick up because it's starting to warm up and people want to get out and about, and you know, the, the summer thing has come in. So people are going to go back to shorts and, uh, you know, I mean, if the, That's just the way it is. And then, uh, you know, on the flip side, our summers are very short. So um, June is typically a very good month for us. But uh, July and the first part of August, we'll see our numbers go down because people have been inside and now they want to be outside for a spell.
6: I love that <laughs> only in Northern Maine do people putting their shorts, breaking the shorts out in March, but <laughs> because they've, they've been snowed in for eight months out of the year. So that's right. It's definitely like a, a catch 22. The locals are like, let me, let me outside. Let me enjoy I mean, you're in a beautiful area. Like there, there aren't a lot of places I think in, in the Northeast that compare to where you are. So totally understandable there. So a little bit of seasonality. One of the other things that, Um, that you've been able to make great use of is one of the girls who works for you is also a pretty good social media marketer influencer type. So tell us about, you know, how much of that was locking into finding the right person and, and how have you been able to, you know, take, I don't want to say take advantage of it because that sounds negative, but help, you know, provide an opportunity for her and grow the business.
5: So, um, the friend that I ended up buying the business from, she was very gifted online, a strong online presence, both, um, taking little video snippets through Facebook or Instagram, and not only that, just, uh, gifted word wise. Um, and so then I would, I'll stand here and readily admit that is not a strong suit for me. Um, so when I'm just, Chelsea is her name, when she came on board with us, um, she would start posting some things and um i encourage all of the girls that work with me to to regularly post boost build up make your presence known and um chelsea just is very very strong with that i mean i think when you watch anybody online you're like oh they're great they're they're good they just have a natural knack with certain things and she did and so i have just given her free reign like whatever you come up with like go for it you know i it's, it's been a big benefit to us in the last couple of years.
6: Got it. And then this is transformed into something where the more time you've spent working with her, you know, showing her kind of the ropes of the business and seeing her blossom, you've seen some other opportunities, some other potential in her as the business grows over, over time. Is that fair to say?
5: Uh, very fair. Very fair. She's, she's very capable, her, her heart's in it. And, you know, we are only as strong as the team team that you have working with you. I think, and um, I'm 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 definitely a lucky one in in that respect. I have a great team behind me.
6: Yeah, it's it sounds like there's you know a good synergy there in that you know you can uh, mentor her to a certain degree about the ins and outs and running a business and seeing the the behind the scenes and you know whether or not you want to you know, step your online game up or just see and understand it and, and let her take the reins of it, there's still a good relationship there as far as having some complementary skill sets.
5: Definitely. Most definitely.
6: Awesome. Awesome. So you, um, you know, you have uh, sort of coaching by committee, you have some early morning classes, a lot of, you know, your other trainers have kids. So Um, in figuring out the scheduling and staffing for that, the logistics of it, um, what do you feel like has helped you, you know, strike that balance of, of having opportunities for some working moms to come in and coach and in for you to step in, like how have you figured out the logistics of that?
5: Um, for the most part, uh, they have been good at letting me know what works and what doesn't work for them. Um, I, I, whenever I put out a plea that I've, I've needed somebody to come on board, it seems like, um, again, word of mouth travel pretty well up here and, um, the girls that do have children that have after school activities, then, then they can't work after school, but they could come in and do a a 5am, um, because they're home before the kids even get up out of bed, but their husbands have not left for work yet or whoever, um, So that has just been kind of the way it works, but we'd we'd really like to expand and build and add some more evening type hours in there. Um, I think think growth happens the more your doors are open and the more options and things available to the public. So um, that's one thing that we'd like to see is bring some more, another person or two on that's able to fit in some of those hours that we aren't filling right now.
6: Got it. Got it. And are all or most of the instructors that you have, is it, is it homegrown talent? Have they been clients who expressed an interest or who you reached out to? How has that worked to bring them along?
5: Um, that's exactly how it's happened. Um, it would be those of us that have been teaching, you know, you kind of keep your eye. There's certain people that just show that this is something they're really interested in. And it's, it's worked both, both, both ways. Some people I've approached and said, Hey, have you ever thought about, or do you have any interest in? And, and then I've also had a couple that have come to me and say, man, I, I really enjoy this. I think I might want to give this a try. So it's worked both ways.
6: I love that you have, you've made the outreach in some instances because I have these conversations all the time and, and people are like, yeah, you know, there's, You know, there's somebody who's a client and they're great and people gravitate towards them. And I always noticed that they really loved it. And then they came to me one day and said, Hey, I'd like to coach. And it worked out beautifully. And I'm like, that's great. And then the same people will say, I'd love to have a couple more of them. And it's like, well, do you, do you see that in anybody else? Is there anybody else that's helping that moves well, that people gravitate towards? It's like, yeah, it's like, well, you know, you can approach them too. Right. And And there are all these things that, you know, it's almost like, you know, trying to talk a middle schooler into asking, you know, the first boy or girl to dance. It's like, you can, you can go and take that and say like, Hey, you know, most people take it as a huge compliment, even if they don't want to do it. Like, Hey, you're really great with people. You move well. This is, you know, something that, you know, I'd love to see you on the other side coaching and Nine out of 10 people are going to be like, wow, thanks so much. You know, it's, it's an amazing compliment. doesn't mean everybody's going to want to coach, but in, in our space, in the boutique micro gym, it doesn't have to be a huge commitment. Some people will will be so honored, you know, they won't even think about the fact that like, oh, hey, I might get paid for this. You know, they're like, I, would, I do this for free. Like those conversations, once you approach them can go so well that there's almost no reason to not have them. In a very worst case scenario, you're going to pay someone a, a great compliment. In a best case scenario, they might be that next Chelsea or you know next next sure. whoever who comes down the line. So I love that you're taking initiative and not just waiting for people to to raise their hands there. So good, sure. good for you on that.
3: Thanks.
5: I
6: don't know. Do you see any downside of it? Because I sure don't.
5: I don't. I well, I mean, like you said, what what are you out if they say, hey, that was a great compliment, but And not at this time, but it might be something they, you know, a feather they stick in their hat for for down the road.
6: Yeah, they go home and they think about it and you get that person that's like, you know, like you've seen, you know, it's the opposite. Like, hey, you know, you know, my work shift is this and in the you know, I've got a little one and, and, you know, he goes to bed at 6 p.m yeah, I'll come and do that 7 PM once a week for you. Sure. What the heck, you know, that will be fun. You know, I'll get to go, you know, put my my bossy hat on and and go tell some people how to move and have some fun. So super cool on that. So one of the other things for, I think the theme here is you you keep your eyes open for opportunity, for ideas. You're not just staying in the box of what you're doing. So one of the things that you already discussed was you want to add some evening classes because you know there are people who would come, it's just a matter of staffing it, because much as, as we all love the hustle and grind, you can't do it all by yourself. So you're at the point where, you, you know, you need the right person to do that. But also, um, you know, some things have happened in town and you've seen the opportunity to add spin um, into That's your right. class offering. So take us through how you saw the opportunity and, and some of the things that you're doing, you're taking action on that too. So another theme, you're an action taker. So Give us some of the the story of that.
5: Okay, so um, it was actually after COVID uh, for us, but we had noticed that uh, there was only one spin class taking taking place in our area. And um, there were people being turned away from those classes because it just wasn't enough bikes to facilitate the number of people that would like to participate. So we kind of called a team meeting and said, what do we think about, uh, looking into starting a new, a new class. And we, we typically don't have any equipment in our facility other than your, your, your basic weights or bands or that sort of thing. So, um, it was, it was a big deal for us to start hashing these, these things out. And, um, ultimately we decided it would probably be worth the risk. And so, um, Honestly, for us, we, we've started fundraising for, uh, for the bikes. Um, so <laughs> we offer some, some cool things, like we did a blacklight party um, back in the spring, and just some fun trying to look outside the box for ways to um, get this program up and running. And ideally, we'd like to get it running before Christmas and purchase 10 bikes and start some new classes.
6: Love it. Love it. And and for everybody out there listening, I want to make sure that you don't just take this specifically for what what it is. You don't, it doesn't have to be that you want to add spin specifically. And it's, if you have an idea, if there's something that you, you see a need for in the community and you want to add it, there isn't just one way to go about it, you know, so insert whatever you want, piece of equipment, classes, um, budget to hire another staff member, whatever it is, it doesn't always mean like, oh, I've got to sell a bunch of memberships before I can afford to buy this. Or I've got to go to the bank and take a loan out or do financing or, you know, take money out of my personal savings or credit card. Like, like you know, Heidi said, sometimes thinking outside the box or hearing what other people are doing, like cool fundraiser workouts, events, people love events. Like, you know, in our in our community, the micro gym, boutique fitness, things like that, people love to be part of it. And, you know, if they know, hey, I'm not just doing this so that I can go take a sweet, you know, Caribbean cruise, like all the proceeds for this are going to go to it. Like it's something, if you show people the benefit and how you're going to want to put back into it, it is one more avenue um, that you can take. So don't always be stuck in. I need to get my profit to this point, or I can only go to a bank. There's a million ways to do it. So figure out the thing and then ask yourself, (laughs) is there another way? Where can I find information? Who can I talk to? Brainstorm it. And don't just think there's any one way to do anything, because if there's anything we're trying to prove with this podcast is there are infinite ways to do any number of things you want. But if it comes from a place of wanting to serve your community better, wanting to provide more value to your members, it's always going to be worth it. So I love that you're approaching it that way. I honestly haven't heard of a lot of people doing that. So I think it's great um, that that you're doing that. And, you know, the goal is to, to give your members a brand new Christmas present, right? This is right. right. We, got, we got you 10 spin bikes. So yeah. So we know you want to add that Uh, we know you want to add some more evening classes, which is, is going to require staffing. And then it's the stair steps, staffing clients, staffing clients. Um, What else in the, in the grand scheme of things? I mean, those are two pretty big undertakings. Is there anything else that you see coming down the line, any, you know, long-term evolution of the business or, or are we just eyes on the prize for those things right now?
5: Um right now, I think those are, those are the major things. Uh, We'd like to get back our numbers back to where they were pre-COVID. I know, and if we want to aim high, even higher than they were pre-COVID, maybe. Um, We've uh, implemented hybrid type classes, uh, which because of COVID, we did um, online and in person, which was totally new for us. Um, And I know a lot of people that have gyms, that's, that was the, the big thing is to move to having online classes to uh, probably for us, it was to stay open. Um, so, uh, I, I guess, uh, those are the major things for us right now, but we're always, we're always looking and we you know, we're always trying to keep up on what's on the horizon just because we're little or in a small area. doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep up with what's happening out and about.
6: Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's why I wanted to quantify too. Like, you have two pretty big things on your plate right now, but even that, right? That speaks volumes. To like, I need to do these things and I, I need to put my attention on them, but I'm still going to keep my mind open. Like you said, the feather in the cap, maybe something that goes in a notebook for a year, two years down the line. If there's something that you feel you can provide value to the community, it works for the business, it works for the people involved, you're at least going to entertain it, right? You're sure. more you know, on that side than, than anything. So again, you know, kudos to you for that. And uh, the, the last thing, as far as the logistics of all that go, uh, because people are always doing napkin math. I, I think when they're listening to the podcast, some of the feedback we get, your facility is um, about 2000 square feet, correct?
5: Correct. Yes.
6: Mostly open space, not a lot of equipment, obviously spin bikes are going to, are going to be something that comes, but for you, what do you think the ultimate, you know, wave of magic wand capacity of the gym would be for, for total members? And I don't, and I say that and I should qualify it, just because you can fit people in doesn't mean everybody wants to. So like, is there a magic number for you of I think this would be a great community, this would be perfect, or or are we still kind of trying to figure that out?
5: Oh, let's see. Back back in early Zumba days, way pre COVID, we could have we could have anywhere from 25 to 30 people in a single class. And um right now, um, our last big event, we probably had we probably had maybe 20. Mm-hmm. So um I I'd like to get back to the to the days of you know 30, 35 coming in and you know, and just fill in a room. There's just something so um, energetic and just, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe what it is when you get a just a packed room full of people all with the same mind and everybody's having a good time and there for, you know, the same type of purpose and like to head there.
6: Yeah. And that, like, I got to chill when you said it. that packed house energy is something that, you know, some models don't cater to, like, you can't you know, like I've had, you know, we talk to a lot of say CrossFit gyms or strength and conditioning gyms. It's really hard to manage, you know, 25, 30 people in a situation like that. It doesn't lend itself very well, safety reasons, technical, all that. But in in your style of fitness where you're in this boutique, whether it's, you know, um, lower equipment, you know, high energy, lots of, you know, conditioning work it really does lend itself to that. And you can't duplicate that energy in anything. It's, you know, I've seen huge park workouts that are great for that. I I even think sometimes to a degree, like even the, um, you know, the, the dance classes, the martial arts gets it to a degree. There's like a buzz. Like you can feel when you walk into one of those things. So I love that it's something that you're trying to bring back something you want to embrace. And, And ultimately, obviously it's good for the business too, but it feels like for you, it's get the feeling to be at its peak. And then the numbers and the benefit financially that that confer are really nice. Yeah. But it just, it builds some sort of momentum that people want to keep feeding into.
5: Yes, yes.
6: Awesome. I don't think we're going to be able to top that operationally. So we're going to get away from operations. And as we wrap up, I want to get a little philosophical. I like to uh, talk to people sometimes about advice or lesson. So I don't ever ask anybody to change anything they've done in their business because I feel like we're all where we are. And that's, you know, that's great. But I love to hear what advice you might give to your younger self. So in two, three, five years ago, as you were like transferring into owning the business, is there any lesson or piece of advice that you'd love to tap your yourself on the shoulder and, and tell, uh, you know, two, three, four years ago, you
5: Um, I guess that would be, uh, don't be afraid to try it. Um, you know, sometimes even if you fail, it's not necessarily a failure. Um, if you don't achieve what you wanted to achieve, there's always something there. There's always some nugget there that you can find, um, that made it worth the ride that might help you on the next journey or, um, like when I, when I took over the business, I had no idea that COVID was going to come and we were going to be closed down for a year and that I was going to learn how to f- teach all my classes online um, when I'd always had a whole bunch of people standing behind me and now everybody was just watching me in front of me. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's okay to try and fail because a failure really isn't a failure if you've learned something from it.
6: Yeah, that was, you know, exactly. I was going to say, you either win or you learn. Right? Yeah. If you can't look at it through that frame, well, <laughs> I've got my own opinions there, and we'll just keep them <laughs> at that. But I think that's the best way to, to spin it, right? If we can train ourselves, either you win or you learn. Right. Yep. If you find something, what did I learn from this? How can I be better? What can I take from it? Because dwelling on it and finding the negative in something. I don't think is a path to anywhere that's that's going get, to get where we want to be. We're all here to help people, to contribute to the community. It's a really great perk that we can put a roof over our head and provide opportunities for people and all that. But man, what a way to do it. So yeah. we are just about officially out of time here, Heidi. The last thing that I want to make sure that we get from you before we let you go, livewellunited.com is the website. Uh, what are the social media handles? What are the other places people can find you?
5: Um, if Facebook is just live well, United as well as Instagram also.
6: Beautiful. <laughs> I, you don't know how, how often we get people whose website, Facebook, Instagram don't match up and it makes it really hard to find people. So live well, United everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. If you're in, if you're in Presque Isle, which I highly recommend, um, check out Heidi, see what she's doing. Um, Heidi, I really appreciate you being on with us here today. It's been great hearing what you're doing up there. Thanks for the um, opportunity to all those people in small towns that you know it can be done. You may have to be a little more creative, but thank you for coming on and sharing. And I wish you continued success.
5: Great, thanks so much.
6: You're very welcome. And everyone out there listening, uh, if you're a business owner, if you're aspiring, if you're thinking that your market is too small. It's probably not. You don't have to serve everybody. Just got to find the people that you can do the greatest good with. So take that. You don't have to be in New York city or Miami or Chicago. You can do this anywhere. You got to have work ethic. You got to have passion. Hopefully you tune in for more stories of people like Heidi. I don't know that there's a duplicate, but more people doing this thing, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop to everyone out there in Jim Lord's nation, keep working hard.